0: Tribe.
1: What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to today's show.
0: Yeah, we welcome back Damana Hoffman. And we actually had Damana on the show back seven years ago in episode number seven. So crazy. So much has changed since then, uh, like we briefly talk about. But um, yeah, it was really great to have her back on the show.
1: Yeah. And today we talk about all things dating and who better to do it with than Damana, who is an official spokesperson for OK Cupid. She's a dating expert on the Drew Barrymore show and has been a dating coach for 15 years. She's appeared on, you know, all kinds of, um, media, like big media. She Mm -hmm. was a feature cover story on Oprah Magazine. She has been on A&E, CNN, has a column in the LA Times, and much more.
0: And she says at the end, she loves talking about love. So it's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she is into it and gives us a lot of great tips on how to date online and obviously through the context of COVID, but even Hopefully, you're listening to this two years in the future. It's 2021 now. So let's say you're tuning in in 2023 and you're like, ha, COVID was a thing of the past. Yeah. Now I'm dating, not socially <laughs> distanced, not with the mask. I'm yes. vaccinated and good.
0: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if some of the things she talks about carries into post-COVID.
1: Yeah. And a lot of interesting and and valuable Tips, what it is that you want in a partner and attract that through the people that you're seeing. Timeline for the first date. That was interesting. That was news Mm -hmm. to me. Bookending the date so that you have an out
0: and,
1: (laughs) and then coming from something so you have something to talk about. All great ways to avoid that first date awkwardness and a lot of other great tips today.
0: So many great tips. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in, for sharing the podcast with your friends and family, for visiting our website, for all the free resources that we have. We have a 14-day happy couple challenge. Um, and then we have our online course, Spark My Relationship. So we hope you guys enjoy today's show. Damana, thank you so much for joining us back on the show. It's been some time and and we're really happy that you are back on. Yes,
2: there are a lot of new kids between us, I think, (laughs) since the last time we talked. (laughs) I'm glad to be here.
1: A lot has changed. And uh, yeah, it was about seven years ago and we're very <laughs> excited to have you back on and talk all things online dating. And in the pre-show, we were talking about your new role as a spokesperson for OkCupid. Okay and so we want to say congrats on that. And we're excited to dive in and talk about your expertise in dating as a dating coach and also some unique insights you have uh, with the data from OkCupid. And obviously, online dating, uh, you were mentioning, is some stats that it, it's growing. Obviously, we know that. But but one such stat was that it grew 17% uh, according to Hinge since the start of the pandemic. And it's OkCupid was saying they think that January is going to be one of their biggest months ever. So let's dive in and talk about Online dating, and specifically during a pandemic. So, what are some of the big trends you're seeing in how people are having to reapproach online dating?
2: Well, this has been probably the most uh, unpredictable phase of dating that I have ever seen in my 15 years as a dating coach, but. All is not lost for any of your listeners who are single. It is still possible to find love in a pandemic. I have had many success stories and, and I also see it as an opportunity to learn a different way of dating. I think the pace that we were at before was really unsustainable. People were swiping right from date to date to date. Some of my clients were sending, setting up two, three dates in a weekend. And it was all just this blur of, of possible, possible romantic, connections that weren't always blossoming into relationships. So what I'm seeing is that with the pandemic, people are dating in a different way. They are taking more time to evaluate whether or not they want to meet up with someone and to pace out that early part of the relationship. And they're being a little bit more flexible about how they are meeting someone, where they're meeting someone, how far they're willing to go for love. So I think there is a silver lining on this terrible pandemic cloud. Mm-hmm.
1: Certainly taking time to really ask yourself if you want to meet up with this person who now can potentially infect you. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say, but but that's the times we live in. So yeah, it's not just like, yeah, let's go uh, three dates in a weekend. So how are you seeing through the clients you're working with or through data that you have access to people's approach to actually taking more time or or meeting up? What, what are some real world examples of things people are doing?
2: The first thing that, that I've been recommending that my clients do is develop a pre COVID assessment, like a COVID dating strategy, if you will, that before they even get to the point of wanting to meet up with someone, they've already determined what they're comfortable with. Do they prefer to only have virtual dates with someone? Do they Are they really good on the phone but not great in a video chat? Do they prefer to just meet up in person provided they can be six feet apart or social on a social distance date? Um, and that's individual for each person and also depending on where in the country or where in the world you are because the restrictions vary greatly. So once they've determined that what their comfort level is with the the different um, with the different options that are available, then i I coach people into having a process for filtering for meeting people online that doesn 't feel like a a job interview or another work meeting. I find that at this point people are so burned out on the video chat that I try to give them new ways to Either gamify the date or make a deeper connection, or add an activity to it, so that it still can feel you can still feel a little bit of that magic that we used to feel when we would always meet up face to face for the first date.
1: Can you give us some examples of uh, creating that magic through Zoom?
2: Absolutely. I first have people figure out what what would be fun for them. Like, what would it what what would make this a Zoom experience you would want to have, regardless of whether or not you click. So that might be playing a word game, and there are a lot of a lot of um, apps that you can use simultaneously while you're video chatting and play a word game, play a twenty questions game. You can even add an activity like. Uh, do sip and paint night together, so that you have something to focus on besides just staring at that screen. Uh, another hot tip: this is actually good for anyone doing a lot of of Zoom meetings. The effect of looking at ourselves all day in a way <laughs> that we didn't, we never used to see ourselves before, and having that window. Staring back at us and being obsessed with that hair that's out of place, or the way that your clothes fit, or what's behind you, it gets in the way of being able to really connect with a person. So, I actually recommend that my clients, um, if they're on, say, Zoom, they can minimize that window or or remove their their own view so that they're just focusing on the person in front of them. This is, of course, after you've already set the stage for success behind you, because you do have to to be mindful of what information is in your environment on a virtual date. In a way, it's actually more intimate because you're inviting that person into your house. So they'll see your unmade bed. They'll see your, your roommate or your kids or whatever is in the background and you want to make sure that you're just showing them enough of your life that that they're not jumping ahead in the relationship as if they were coming into your your home in real life.
0: Are there any tips to give to create that perfect zoom background cuz as a lot of us know we're all a lot of us are working from home and so we have a professional working background for zoom but for dating is there like any tips to maybe showcasing a little bit of what you're into or like, I don't know, a surfboard or something behind
2: you to show you like what you're passionate about or anything like that? That is a very good tip, Sarah, actually, um, because all the information that's in your view behind you is part of the conversation. So Mm -hmm. you just have to be mindful of that. If that's something, if you have a surfboard and you haven't used it in... (laughs) <laughs> three years, that might be sending a message that's unrealistic. But if it's something that is really a big part of your life, then that actually can be information that's additive to the conversation. And it can give an additional, it, it can give like a uh, an entry point into the conversation because people always ask me, what do I say? What do I say on the first date? How do we jump into a connection with the stranger that I've never met? So leaving little... um little threads for conversation is a really good idea. The other thing that a lot of people underestimate is the power of good lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get, get investing in a little ring light for your phone and maybe a stand so that you could you can connect with someone hands free if you're you're connecting on your phone. That will help you feel look it, light helps everyone. <laughs> and it will also help you feel more comfortable if you can be hands free and just sort of relax and sit with that person as if you were face-to-face, FaceTime to (laughs) FaceTime. But a lot of people are skipping the Zoom dates now. Um, I found that was really, really popular in the first four to five months of the pandemic. And then as we were moving towards lower COVID numbers, there was a shift towards people wanting to do social distance dates. And actually at OkCupid, we've seen that people are more open to meeting masked outside, of course, depending on where you are and how cold it is. But I have clients who've met for walks in the snow or for sledding dates. So 26% of the respondents who answered our matching questions said that they would be comfortable meeting someone with masks Outside. And that's very different than where we were Mm -hmm. 10 months ago. Also, there are more people who are open to meeting without masks as long as they're six feet apart outside. So, 24% of people said that. And only 13% said they're sticking to virtual dates only. So, I'm seeing that people are becoming more comfortable in figuring out how to progress the relationship along because you can't stay in a virtual setting forever.
1: This is more of just a general dating question. But let's say someone out there, a listener, is dating and they're just trying to find that person they want to be with. What are some things they can think about as far as to put in their profile the expectations that they can be seeking for their partner? Because I have this idea that people might be super direct and like, okay, I want kids and I'm looking for a husband or a little bit looser um, and I want to have a good time. But how can they think about that and approach attracting the right person with the filter of an online dating profile?
2: Well, I will say on OkCupid, one of the reasons I love working with this app, and I've worked with a lot of different apps over the years, but always OkCupid has been very open to different interpretations and lifestyles and relationships. So there are different filters you can search by based on what someone is looking for on the OkCupid okay app. Some of the other apps don't have that. So you have to do some of that filtering yourself. And I recommend that you you lead with clarity. You say what you want in your profile. I, I feel like we've gotten into this phase of... Everybody wants to play it cool, and nobody wants to say what they really want, but for my clients, they get closer to the relationship that they want when they when they're clear upfront and can convey that to the people that they are meeting without fear that that person's going to run away because and I know you both know this if that person is running away from commitment with you, it's not a personal rejection most of the time, but it's a It's a rejection of that situation. They don't want to have that kind of a relationship right now. They're not looking for monogamy. And that's fine. But if that's not in alignment with you, you could waste a ton of time talking to people and going out with people who are not in alignment with you from the very beginning. And if you just are brave enough to do that initial filtering of this is what I'm looking for, are you on the same page? Without fear that that's going to make somebody run away, that you'll 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 be starting off in a much better place, and you'll find that those people who were going to waste a lot of your time will run away, but ultimately that's good. That's what you want because you didn't want to invest all of that time in the wrong person. That said, the profiles um the trend for profiles, and you know, as I said, I've been doing this for fifteen years, so there's been a big shift in the style of the profiles and the apps that are popular the profiles have gotten so thin now. <laughs> People, the barrier for entry is so low for dating apps that you can you can create a profile literally in seconds. You could throw a couple pictures on and write a couple things, maybe, maybe not, and be on an app. But I feel that the more time you take to craft your profile as your sort of calling card for dating... And it's your time to shine. It's when you say all the things that you bring to the table, what you want in a relationship, and then you do the filtering because now that has to happen through the text and through the phone call and through the video chat dates. But you have to you have to at least be in the game and you have to at least be clear on what you're looking for to get it.
1: Let's say someone is going on a first date, and they've just have this history of disastrous first dates where the person didn't match the profile. Um, it just did not go well. What would you tell that person as encouragement or different way to approach meeting up with someone the first date?
2: I love first dates. I I feel like they're filled with magic and possibility. I know I hear all the time from my Dates and Mates podcast listeners that they hate first dates. So my my first order of business is to get people to embrace the fun of first dates and find that again. And believe me, if you were going on super long dinner dates for first dates, or you, you've had a few train wreck experiences that you're dragging with you into the next date it is going to feel like a slog but if you set yourself up for success they really can be fun and that first date like everyone remembers their first date that that's the moment when you when you still have the magic and i know you talk every week about the tough stuff of how to keep the relationship going but in that in that first date all you have to do is find some level of connection so the first thing i would say is keep that first date short, short and sweet. So the, uh, let's assume that this is a non-COVID world, or a world in which you're meeting uh, for a face-to-face date out in the wild, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you, you have have a, you bookend the date. So you have something that you're coming from that gives you something to talk about. Oh, I just came from. Uh, I just was doing a walk with a friend, or I just came from work or something that you is leading you into the date, and then you have something that you 're doing after the date, and that gives you an out so the worst case scenario is you spend and ninety minutes and really sixty to ninety minutes is all you need for that first date. but then you always have an exit strategy. I find a lot of times people are overstaying their welcome on the first date. And they think, I've just got to get all of this information about this person. I have to do all the filtering now while I have them face-to-face. And that's actually not the point of the first date. The first date is just the your initial contact to see if there's any connection there and if curiosity can blossom. And that's the thing that I really love about, about dating is finding that finding that discovery and that, that curiosity about who this person is and wanting to know more about them. Too many people are looking for the chemistry and the butterflies and the spark. And as you've probably seen, that can, le- that can lead you very far astray if you're going based on that and not matching based on values or deeper levels of connection that really sustain long-term relationships.
0: So would you say that if after those 60 to 90 minutes, there's not a connection that it's pretty much safe to say there won't be a second date or should you still give that person the benefit of the doubt and try a second date? I have a
2: 3 date rule, actually. I say that if at the end of the first date, you're curious enough about that person to spend another hour with them, go on the second date. If you feel the same way, after the second date, go on the third date. If by the third date you don't feel, you don't feel like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to kiss this person, or you're not starting to think about, oh, what the what the, the next what would the next date be? Then it's probably not a love match, but you've given it your best shot, and you've also given that person an opportunity to open up to you. First dates people are never themselves we have nerves we have butterflies we we have expectations that are all sitting there on the table between the two of you and sometimes it takes a date or two or three for those to those those other elements to clear the path for real connection to happen but the the big lesson is to not be caught up in that that spark, that chemistry. Because that is not that is not the stuff that true relationships are made of. It's the curiosity. And you've seen this too in your relationship. As As you know someone longer, the connection begins to really deepen and unfold and you become curious in different ways about who that person is and how your lives can grow together.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about that first kiss and how that looks like? in the world of COVID and how you talk about the safety side of it without making it unromantic. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship.
0: Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days?
1: Yes. Sign me up.
0: (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients.
1: We talk about it on the show, relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them. So that they're more satisfying for both partners
0: and you've made it here You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises That you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship And like chase said change does not happen on its own It takes hard work and that's why we created the course
1: Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication.
0: And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off.
2: Hmm. That's a really great question. Um, And again, it is individual for each person. I talked to a client the other day who said that by the third date, he likes to invite women over to his apartment and, you know, with so many things being closed. I live in Los Angeles and uh, as does my client, and there are very, uh, there were very few things open for the last few months. Now, That wouldn't align with my COVID safety plan. But for him, he feels that he can do enough assessment of risk to make him comfortable to have a third date in a confined space. For a lot of my clients and a lot of my dates and mates listeners, that would be a (laughs) no-go. So um, you want to make sure that you have had these brave and clear conversations about what you're comfortable with before you even get to that point. And it might be saying, I feel most comfortable wearing masks for the first date or for the first two or three dates. It might be saying, I would love to see you again, but I would feel more comfortable if we both took a COVID test to make sure that you know, we're both um, COVID negative and we can be more comfortable. We don't have to be worried being with each other. And I say it, I phrase it in that way because I think um, those kind of conversations go best when they are phrased as an invitation. So if you say you need to take a COVID test before I would ever consider kissing you. That's not so much an invitation as a demand. (laughs) And I know it's, it's scary. I, I, I think every day for myself and my family about how not to get COVID. So I understand that, that these conversations are, are really scary and the idea of someone potentially infecting you, it does loom very large in many people's minds. But if you can think of it as an invitation to the next phase of the relationship or an invitation to um to meet you where you are, you'll usually find somebody is more receptive to going along with you.
1: You mentioned expectations earlier, and I wanted to know what you would tell people that you're working with as far as having their values and making sure those are aligned, but then how to think about expectations from a potential partner and when it might be a bit unrealistic to have such high expectations or how to navigate that thinking.
2: Oh, there's one of my favorite quotes um, is an, is an Anne Lamott quote, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And I think there's a big difference between having a hope or a goal and a vision and an expectation. An expectation is this I I I only see this possibility unfolding. And I I even before my clients get into the dating process, we do a lot of mindset work. And we get clarity on the life that they're wanting to build and the feeling that they want to have when they're with the person who is their right match. And a lot of times that will will cut away some of these expectations or demands that we put on the other person because we're focusing more on co-creating the experience that we want to have with the other person. That said I I know um, people like to plan their lives and the key in making sure that your needs get met and that your life plan unfolds in a way that makes you happy is clear communication and I know you've talked about this many times on the show before but being able to to really express your needs in the relationship not your expectations but what do you need to feel safe to feel loved to feel seen to feel like the relationship is blossoming and deepening and communicating that again in a way that's an invitation for the person to go deeper with you and meet you where you are rather than a demand will usually prevent that resentment from creeping up how
1: can someone think about the expectations that they have and and ask the like get, to get that clarity like you said to what it is that you need, but then is there a line where you're just being too needy
2: <laughs> there's always a line <laughs> exactly. there are many lines um, but I like to approach dating from the mindset of everyone is doing the best that they can. And I find that that can create a flip for a lot of my clients because these expectations of like, I'm expecting this to work out or I'm expecting this person to behave in a certain way, sometimes will takes the responsibility off of you to be able to create that experience together that you want to have. So... I think neediness comes up when you're only thinking from your own perspective of like, this is what I, this is what I need. And when you start to look at it from the perspective of the other person, and that at this point with the information they have, they're doing the best that they can. Like, I don't think people show up intentionally trying to hurt your feelings, disappoint you, you know, block your blessings and your destiny. I think people truly show up the best way that they know how in that moment. So that then puts the responsibility back on you if you want to have a different experience with someone to communicate that clearly to them. But at the same time, you also have to remember that you are needing to meet their needs for the relationship to move forward.
1: What are some questions someone can ask themselves or that you prompt your clients to ask themselves when trying to get clarity on the life that they want to build with someone?
2: I actually do a lot of visualization and meditation work with clients. Um, I really find that being able to see it uh, sometimes not in the conscious brain, but in the subconscious brain when you let go of, this is how I saw it in a movie. This is what my parents' relationship was like. These are my relationship role models and modeling it after that. And instead really get into the feeling of what it would be like to be with this person. And if I, I tell my clients, it just needs to be 51% believable. It it, it doesn't, you don't have to paint the picture of the perfect you know hollywood hollywood ending you just have to think can it be a little bit better than where i am right now can it be a little bit better than i've allowed myself to dream and is it more likely that it could happen than not by at least 1% and that sometimes gets them to stretch a little bit further beyond just the immediate need of like, I need to find someone. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people come to me when they are, I get a lot of women who are in their 30s and 40s and are feeling the the societal pressure, the biological pressure and are like, I need to find a guy. <laughs> I need to have a kid today. So Damona, just show me the steps. Do, uh, I'll go online. I'll do the XYZ and then we'll get the guy. And that is certainly part of the process. But I do find that there are these other soft skills and these other intuitive skills that are important to develop in being able to visualize the life that you want.
1: Wrapped in with expectations are also this idea of, of settling, I feel like. So we have certain expectations of what we want in a partner. We, we get clear on that, but then sometimes those are compromised or sometimes they check, Eight out of 10, but not those last two. How do you talk about with your clients, like when it's okay to to compromise on your expectations in a partner and, and rather than waiting around for the perfect person or maybe we should be waiting around. Um, how do you coach people on that?
2: That also begins at the top. At the beginning of our process, we we really evaluate what are these things on the list? And I try to get people away from that list because usually these things are somewhat arbitrary factors that don't really come from our needs. They come from what society or someone else told us that we need. So like women will come to me who are super successful, high earning, very have their whole life together in every area except for love. And they'll say, I need to find basically the carbon copy of themselves. I need to find a guy who has a good job, who makes a lot of money, who is is ambitious in his career. And they're looking to date themselves rather than looking at their lifestyle. And I say, what is the life you want to build? Well, I want to have a kid and I want to keep my job and I want to make partner in the firm but also i I feel like I, I need this partner who's at that same level, and I think well let's put add this picture up does that does that necessarily it, how does that his earning potential matter in the life that you're trying to build, or do you need someone who's not a monetary provider? Do you need someone who's more of a nurturer who's going to be a partner in raising your kids. Because if you're going to continue to be focused on your career, if the other person you meet is also that focused on their career and working that many hours, is that the lifestyle that you are trying to build for yourself and maybe your future children? And sometimes when we look at it from that perspective of let's actually play this out and build the life, I find that things that they may have put on the list fall away, the height, the education, the particular job that they're supposed to have, even the distance. Like initially people will say, oh, I'm so tired of traveling, driving around for dates. Uh, They need to be within 10 miles. And (laughs) dating apps are great at using geolocation to find people who are right in your immediate community. But one of the benefits of COVID is that a lot of the apps have opened up the possibility to search anywhere in the country, maybe even anywhere in the world. And sometimes you might have thought, I need to be with someone who's right here. But now some people have moved and been able to build their life in a place apart from where they originally worked. And now they're seeing, oh, if I were to expand my dating pool and expand my search, could I build a life here? Sure, and I have a lot of clients who've moved across country and even outside of the country for love when originally they might have been limiting their search just to their geographical area.
1: So, would I be correct in saying to maybe question what it is you think you want? Hmm.
2: Sometimes. Always. Always. I I I believe that we are always learning and growing. And I really encourage my clients and listeners to develop a growth mindset that through this dating process, regardless of what the end goal is, you are learning and evolving as you go. It's the same reason that I tell people your profile is never done. Your profile is a living document that changes and evolves with you. So this is this is part of the process is continuing to question and reevaluate. And as you are going on dates and meeting new people, you're getting more information and your worldview might expand. And in certain areas, it might contract. You might say, no, actually, I went through this exercise. I went through this process and I absolutely do need someone who is in this financial position to build the life that I want. I absolutely I, I can't imagine someone saying this, but I absolutely need someone of this height because there's there's very good reason for it. But usually I find that as we as we pull away the layers, we find that the bottom line is we all just want to be loved. We all just want to be appreciated and cared for. And that is the most important thing on your list. And when I see people having this checklist of of physical characteristics and dating based on that, and then allowing someone to treat them poorly, to speak to them in a way that is not supportive or abusive, or just completely throwing the list out, the, the the goals out the window, because they felt that spark or that chemistry on the first date. That's when I think we're really robbing ourselves of deeper connection and the ability to have a relationship that can grow and blossom over time.
1: Before we wrap up, Demona, I wanted to ask you how... You work with your clients on self-love in this idea. We're talking about dating, finding someone else to love us, to fulfill our needs. But ultimately, should we be thinking primarily, maybe first of not needing someone in order to feel loved in a sense? And obviously, we need it's nice to have that. But how do you think about that and work with your clients on this area?
2: That is such a great question. And it's funny because it actually came up in my coaching group last night. And, you know, I don't want to diminish where we are in this pandemic. There are a lot of people who are really, really feeling isolated and suffering from what they call skin hunger, not being touched, not being in proximity to other humans. And the weight of the pandemic is really heavy for a lot of people right now. So I did have someone that asked me this specifically. And my recommendation to her was to begin first with how she speaks to herself and becoming aware of the thought process, the, the, the repetitive thoughts, the limiting beliefs that we repeat in our mind again and again and again, because then we are really programming ourselves to see more of that. And if you have this phrase in your mind, like, well, I guess I'm just going to be single forever, or there's no way I could meet someone during the pandemic, or "All all the eligible guys in my area are already taken, or, you know, women are only after my money, or whatever it might be, that phrase that's repeated again and again that's keeping you from being able to see the new possibility is actually damaging to your own self-love and your own dating process. So that's my first recommendation is to to be mindful of of your neuro-linguistic programming. Be mindful of the words that you use to yourself. I also had the people in my group begin a gratitude journal process And when you do a gratitude journal, it it helps you see everything that you have in your life that makes you full, that makes you complete. And it enables you to date from a place of having instead of from a place of needing. And when you're already full, then anyone that you bring into your life is only additive. And if they're not additive, you politely invite them to Exit your life. But that gratitude journal practice is really, really valuable. And I've actually even started doing it. I started doing it alongside with my clients. I've done it on and off over the years. You know, of course, like when we get down, we're like, oh, I've got to do something. I'll go back (laughs) to the gratitude journal. But I'm doing it alongside my clients. And I even adapted it to our dinner table conversation with my husband and my kids. And now before we eat, we say what we are grateful for. And it, it, it's an abundance mindset that is really helpful um, in dating and in this place of isolation. The other thing is self care, self care, self care, and that looks different for everybody. Um, I was <laughs> telling this client that for my husband, he loves he loves crossword puzzles. It lights him up. it It makes him feel relaxed. It stimulates the parts of his brain that he that he sometimes doesn't get to feel stimulated. And, and he loves it. I hate crossword puzzles. They make me anxious. They make me angry and frustrated. <laughs> I, I cannot stand them. They're a terrible self-care ritual for me. <laughs> but for him, they're really transformative. For me, I like to exercise. For me, the endorphin release is really, is really powerful. Doing yoga, doing meditation, Doesn't so much work for him. So you have to figure out which self-care rituals are helpful for you, but blending the thoughts and also the actions that you take are really the things that fortify your self-love and make you date from a place of wholeness.
1: Well, Damana, that I think is a great place to wrap up. Before we say goodbye, are there any things we skipped over or that you want to emphasize and If you could tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Well, in case you can't tell, I'm a bit of an optimist. (laughs) And so I would just leave with a message that the life that you want is possible, whether you're in a relationship now or seeking one. And I want to remind everyone that they have the power, even through these little micro choices and incremental decisions that we make through our life they all add up to the bigger picture. So don't wait. Don't wait for the life that you want to have whether it's starting with a dating app or beginning a dating coaching program or just beginning a self-care ritual. You just have to start and you'll see you'll you and trust that you'll see the shifts over time, incrementally. So uh, I, do, I love uh, talking about love. I do it every week on the Dates and Mates podcast. And also I'm on all of the socials at Damona Hoffman.
0: Wonderful. Well, we'll have the links to the podcast and all your social media on the show notes and in the podcast description. And again, thank you so much for joining us back on the show. Thank
2: you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com dot com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14 day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's Honestly, just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at spark.com relationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week.
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast.